What's up, bridesmaids? All right, you guys, we are back. We are back, but this is take two. <laughs> oh my God. Um, as you guys can tell, as you can hear our flawless voices, we are hooked right now with our new speakers and our new mixer. Um, and we thought we had it set up and we basically did half of our podcast and realized it wasn't set up. So we deleted that shit and started over because we want to come to you clear. We are so excited because before we usually sit on my uh, little living room table side by side sharing one little mic that Decker bought Mallory for Christmas <laughs> and we plug it in my computer and that's it. Well, finally, we were like, OK, we need to buy the good stuff because we have so many awesome guests coming this year and we want to be able to record them. As you know, sometimes our audio when we do dial ins is like super crummy. So my mom and my stepdad bought us like a full on fancy mixer. Mal and I just recorded the first hour of our podcast and we didn't have the setting. And on. We didn't have the setting on. But shout out to Marianne and Steve. They are literally our number one fans. I think Marianne listens to each episode seven times. And I just I just we love them so much. And the fact that they're supporting us. And I mean, now we have investors in this podcast. We have investors and we are you know, we are super serious it ain't no, right now. It ain't no joke, y'all. It ain't no joke. We are leveled up. Yeah. And um, I guess um, on the topic of leveling up and the business and the podcast, we do have to share with you guys that we were, you know, we were the team of two. Then for a couple of weeks, we were the team of three. And now we are unfortunately back to a team the of two. two. Yes, the two, which is how it should be. Um. Shane has said goodbye to the podcast um, and being our social media manager, which is which is fine and which will most likely be a blessing in disguise, because I think with this with this journey that we've realized um, that Marissa and I just need to be like the voice and the. You, you guys come here to hear us and to see us and a social media is great and growing a social media presence is wonderful, but I think above all that will come. Um, and we've had a steady, but amazing growth since we've started. And it's something that we've done together. So yeah, it's something really fun that we've been able to do. And I think that, um, I, as you guys can probably tell by now, am like such an impulsive person. I do everything. Like if I think of it, I want to do it right now. A couple months ago, I spent like 10 grand on furniture. It got delivered. Didn't even fit in my it house. It didn't fit in her Because house. I literally am so impulsive. Like I want it right then delivered, signed, sealed, delivered, boom. So I was like, Mal, oh my gosh, we could have Shane do our, our social media. Mal couldn't even blink. Mal couldn't even freaking send a nude. Like, he starts tomorrow. Her, and I was her like, nude was still sending to Alex <laughs> before I even um, got him to, got him on. And so anyways, Shane works at Starbucks. Obviously taking on a social media position is a lot of work. He realized that he wasn't quite ready for that amount of work and said his goodbyes to us, which automatically what or automatically what guys, I have to be honest. The COVID this rate is motherfucking episode is like last week's bullshit episode where Mal and I, we listened to that back guys. My mom, who's the nicest person in the world, even wrote like um, it's not Emily Blunt, you idiots. <laughs> or everything we said. Yeah, the COVID brain fog is real and alive, but we are so much better this week. Um, so, you know, with with every, everything said and done, you know, we wish Shane the best and we hope that, you know, he finds 
um, what it is that he's looking for in his future endeavors. But, um, you know, we're taking this on us, too. And we're going to. And we just have to say ride it to the if wind. you're a listener and, you know, you're here, we appreciate you so much. We're not going to lie. Social media marketing is not our forte. Mm -mm. So if a lot of our things are just retweets, that's, you know, our, we are podcasters, guys. Yes. This is where we're at. We are not on there. And I will say that also social media makes no sense to me Yeah, because Shane makes this nice ass video. You guys have probably seen it multiple times on our Instagram because we keep posting it and deleting it <laughs> because it doesn't get any views. It gets zero. We put views. it on TikTok, guys. It got zero. Yeah, like I not blame, even one. I blame TikTok for us wanting just like immediate fame and gratification. And it's a humbling moment sometimes to be like, okay, <laughs> not everyone goes viral on TikTok, but like your asses are 33 chill out. You don't need to go like viral on TikTok tomorrow. I mean, it'll happen, motherfuckers, but <laughs> it doesn't need to happen right now uh, because I don't know how many times we posted that video on oh, TikTok yeah. hoping it would get traction. We even... <laughs> He even posted it once with that driver's license song oh, in yeah. the background in hopes that it would come up in a I feed. even tried to do like a cool home tour. Like, this is what blank gets you in Newport Beach, California. Like this cool video, like seven views. Yeah, but, but guess what I gets post, a lot of views? But then I do an edible and I eat a pickle with a hot Cheeto and it gets 200 in like the first 10 minutes. It, TikTok makes no sense to me. Someone explain so the algorithm. So we're just going to stick to our sweet instagram when we can uh and to be honest it's what we preach every day being our true authentic, authentic. selves we're not gonna sit here and try to be these people that can juggle it all when we're juggle it all when we are just trying to figure it out exactly so we um, appreciate y'all as always tune in on instagram to find us um lately more than ever we've been getting so many messages of people having questions for us and topics and so if you do have that um, you can always DM us or email us. And we really use these questions on how to um, how to plan out our our episodes, mm -hmm, too. They mm -hmm. were they really help like trigger ideas of like what we want to talk about. So for we sure. appreciate all of your guys' input and for all you guys genuinely sharing. I looked at the analytics on our we have people in India. Oh, yeah. Cambodia, listening, Cambodia. Like it's just it's gone crazy. We are so close to 10K. Oh, we're like a hundred downloads away from 10K. So, I mean, our hearts are just so happy to think that. And like, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you guys that this is going to be like the next motherfucking, you know, we're not the Megan, we're not the next fucking Megan tell us. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but ultimately, we are two best friends doing something as a hobby. And we've raised like over $500 for charity. Like, yeah. I mean, I, we're not Katie Couric, we're the slutty versions of Katie Couric, I guess. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to we're this we're the slutty, uh, less e less uh, literate. Like we're not very literate with all of our words. Sometimes. We're illiterate, Katie Couric. Oh yeah, essentially. Le my ass saying less literate. Like what less the fuck is? That? Yeah, she still has the COVID brain. I promise we're a little bit smarter than last week. But anyways, we have an awesome episode for you guys today. We're talking all about being your true authentic self in a world full of stupid ass questions and people that tell you not to. But before we dive into that quality content, Mallory Gonzalez, tell me about your Valentine's Day. Oh, it was Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I had a great weekend. And first, I want to start off by saying, like, you know, 
this was obviously my first Valentine's Day. Uh, mine and Alex's first Valentine's Day together. And like when you're first dating someone, it's really like that first Valentine's Day, you just kind of wonder like, are they good gift givers? Are they not good gift givers? Like, am I, am I spending too much? Am I getting him too much? Am I getting it too little? Like you just, there's so much you don't want. Oh yeah. You don't want to be the one that just gets, you don't want to be the one that just gives the card. Yeah. And then you get all the bullshit, but you don't want to give all the bullshit and then just get the card. Yeah. And it's just, you know, above all, I think what's important about Valentine's Day is just something thoughtful, like being mm -hmm. thoughtful all around is just going to get you so far um, with the person that you love. So, um, you know, I was not that I was like worried, but he had just mentioned nothing to me about Valentine's Day. And I was a little like, oh, what if he's the guy that's like, yeah, I don't celebrate it, but like, thanks for sending me a gift. Like, I don't, I know he was not that guy, but I was just like, he hadn't mentioned anything. And I was like going out of town for the weekend um, to see my family, which it was, it was so wonderful spending time with them. But, um, you know, he did let me know finally on like Friday that like something was coming Saturday and something would be coming, like a few other things would be coming through the weekend. Um, so he sent me flowers on Saturday, which were like beautiful. They had like succulents in it. Um, so I can like replant the succulents and have them in like a pot, which so I think sweet. is really cute. I saw cute. the flowers. They're stunning. Yeah. Cause you know, flowers die and then like you can have succulents and then those can be replanted. So I like that he had put thought into that. Um, but he, for Valentine's day, he got me, um, a Polaroid camera and a bunch of Polaroid camera film. And I thought that that little did he know, like that gift alone was just so thoughtful and it meant so much more to me than I think he even understood because I too have had that idea in the past, um, with an ex, because I think that those are such nice memories to have. Um, and it wasn't reciprocated in the same kind of way. Um, and you know, I, I, it just gave me like validation, like P and I are on the same page in terms of like what we want our memories to look like mm -hmm. and like what we kind of value. And it was just, it was a wonderful reminder that like, you know, we are definitely like on the same page with things. And I just think it was such a thoughtful gift. So um, that was that I spent the week. What? Oh, I was just going to say, I do think it's such a thoughtful gift because I have a Polaroid camera mm -hmm. too. We have several friends that have Polaroid cameras and I don't know what it is. I have, I mean, I've taken photo, I've taken my Polaroid to Europe. I've taken, um, my Polaroid just if we're having like 4th of July or like little things with friends. And there is just something different about the memories that come through Polaroids. And Mal made a really good point in our previous episode that we <laughs> recorded where it's like, when you take it on an iPhone, you take it and then you're like, oh, I don't like it. What I look like there. And then you take another one. You're like, oh, I don't like it. You take another one. But it's like typically what you take on a Polaroid is what you truly look like in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think I love about it. Yeah. Because you you have these memories and they're not curated to look a certain way. You're not posing a certain way. It's really spur of the moment. And I just think it's so special, so romantic and um, I don't know. I think it was a really nice, thoughtful gift. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing like holding a, a picture and like just going back to that memory. And I, I, especially like all the photos we took this summer, a lot of them were in quarantine mm -hmm. with your Polaroid. And it's like, we're always going to look back and think of like those mm -hmm. memories in that moment. And so, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful gift. Um, so, but yeah, but in terms of like my Valentine's Day weekend, I spent it with my family. I was in Palm Springs. I got to see my sister and the kids and my grandma. And um, it was filled with just like a lot of food, a lot of wine. We went to the living desert and we fed the giraffes. And that was really great. Um, my mom cooked an insane meal, which I was like 
so sad that I couldn't smell oh, or taste yet. Yeah. But um, I just, you just like, it, it was still such a wonderful meal. Um, but yeah, I just, I had so much fun with family. But what did you do, my friend? Because you have celebrated yourself all weekend and I have been here for it. So at this point, I'm pretty sure February is a me month because obviously y'all know that I am a big proponent of like self-care, self-love, good things will happen. And um, I feel like after having COVID for a long ass time, I was ready to, you know, get out there and, and spoil myself. And so I've just been um, you know, doing all kinds of fun things for myself. But Valentine's Day, um, I really didn't, I just wanted to spend the weekend like relaxing and catching up on things and whatever. So I was going to go to church with some friends and then possibly go out to eat. And then, um, at night was going to have some friends over for dinner. So we go to church, obviously amazing. And then we go to Nordstrom cafe. Obviously, if you guys don't go there, they have like the best food. It's such a hidden gem these days. It really is. And I haven't really been drinking because of COVID and then dry January and all of that. So I have a glass of wine. I get blacked out. I'm like slurring my words. Um, there's a few of us at <laughs> stop. There's a few of us at um lunch. And um, next thing I know, me and a couple of my friends were walking. I'm in Louis Vuitton. I'm buying stuff there. I'm buying some Chanel Espadrilles. I'm buying some Valentino flats. Like it was a whole thing. And honestly, I do not care because no, I you deserve to, it. Um, you know, spoil myself. And I don't know, I, I personally love buying designer bags a because I like knowing that my nieces get something you know, that I could like pass this stuff down to them one day. And also because I always think designer bags um, remind you of the place and time when you got them. Like all of my designer bags, I know exactly where I got them. They're so special. Um, I've resold a few of my bags, but for the most part, I try to collect them. And um, I just, I'm excited to know that like the, the bag I got will just remind me of this like time where I felt like this like single fearless modern woman and I just love it. And so anyways, um, at night I finally made it home after my one glass of wine blackout and had homemade fettuccine alfredo with my friends. Our friend Amy brought over Susie's cakes and it was just a good ass day. I had a lot of friends, single friends write me and saying that they were kind of bummed and asked me like how I was staying positive and um, I think it was the mindset I went out, went into it. You know, I wasn't really on social media. I was so busy. I was seriously surrounded by people all day and it was just great. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, exactly what we spoke about on, on our last episode is to, you know, change the script and don't choose to be sad on this day. Do something for yourself, um, show yourself love. And that's exactly what you did. And you, I mean, every bit deserving to spoil yourself. It, you know, you're like, I don't have, I don't have to buy a present for anybody yeah. else. I'm going to buy it for myself. And that's, that's wonderful. So we hope that you guys all, you know, celebrated yourselves too. If you were single um, and didn't necessarily have a, a male or someone to spend it with that you really treated yourself mm -hmm. and showed yourself um, the most love, even if it was in the simplest way. Exactly. Well, we have an amazing episode for you guys today, and I just have to quickly tell you guys the reason that I'm like kind of giggly is not because I hit the weed pen. It's because typically <laughs> Mal and I sit on my couch next door to each other, like whatever it's called, sit next to each other with the with our singular sharing mic that, one mic, sharing yeah. one mic, <laughs> and then like having you know just in this like kind of little little bubble and it gets like really hot when we're next really to each other hot, too like i'm always like, sweating yeah it's like a whole thing well now we're at this like 
my dining table with this like fancy ass equipment and like Mal is literally looking at me with fuck me eyes. <laughs> she thinks I'm giving her googly eyes but like it's I'm listening to you. No, like you're talking you and like, I'm I listening like I'm on to a you. Date. I feel like I'm on a second date. No. And she like I don't know. It's it's, a, it's an entire thing. So stop. You guys know it's the it, this is how I get people to open oh, up more. Yes. And here her, she is trying to run away. I know. I'm not looking at her anyway. I'm just literally acknowledging Mallory that she's Gonzalez speaking. is gone girl. Oh my god. I am not gone girl. Well, Mallory Gonzalez is a then. fire crotch. <laughs> What? You've never seen that? No. Paris Hilton's friend called Lindsay Lohan that? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's a classic. That's so... Anyways, um, we so have a random. really great... We have a really great episode for you guys today. Um, we are talking all about uh, being your true, authentic self in a world that tells you not to. We're talking about how to be happy when everybody is getting married we're talking about how to deal with those stupid questions people ask us. Um, we're talking about how to stay happy in a long distance relationship when, again, you have stupid questions coming your way. Mm -hmm. um, really just talking about how to navigate those conversations that are difficult only because of dumb questions. Yeah. And these a lot of these questions come from people that like not even really or necessarily your friends or your family um, or, or could be, but it, it just speaks volumes about where these people are at life and it doesn't have anything to do with you. Like we want to just continue to reiterate that like when these silly questions do come up, that it's, it's not like when and you start to feel doubt, it's nothing that you're doing. It's, it has everything to do with the person that's asking that question mm -hmm. and their own insecurities. We always say that it is exactly what Mal said. It says more about them than it says about you because those questions that they're asking, you haven't thought about those questions. For whatever reason, those questions are coming to their mind. So that is a issue that they have with themselves that deals with self-confidence that for whatever reason it's lacking. And so they're projecting that onto you. And so it's a really great episode. It's just, um, we're excited to share with you guys and we're excited more than anything, just to remind you that if you're single in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, wherever you're at in life, that it could be a beautiful stage. And that if you're, you know, if you are married or in a long distance relationship and you are also getting those questions such as, uh, you know, like, well, how often do you see each other? Or when are you guys going to have kids? You know, the, the questions from everybody, they can just really challenge your happiness. And we're just going to talk about how to navigate that. Yeah. So Mara and I were talking and when we were discussing this podcast for this week, um, I had mentioned that I had a conversation this past weekend with my, I call her my sister-in-law, but her name is Jane. She's my brother-in-law's cousin. She's really close with our family. She's um, 33 years old. She's single. She has a birthday really close to Mar. Actually, you guys are a day apart. Um, and is she 1987 when she was? Born? Yeah, she's 87. Oh you guys are literally my a sissy. day apart. So that's, she literally says your lives are like very parallel in terms of your like dating style and life and everything like that. Um, and we got into conversation cause we were talking about the podcast. She was saying that she's been listening and you know how she relates to Marissa. And then we got onto the topic of just like, she lives in LA. She lives in Santa Monica. She grew up in o Oklahoma. Um, you know, and we were talking about how dating is hard in LA and what have you. 
and then this is what led into the conversation of just everybody always asking her, are you dating someone? You know, how's it going before even asking her like, how's LA? How's your, the, your own apartment that you live in? Like mm-hmm. that you pay for by yourself in Santa Monica. Like, you know, it's oh, all the questions that she gets a lot are around like dating and not mm-hmm. just like how she's mm-hmm. doing. So, um, that's just what kind of sparked, um, sparked this this thought of like all these kind of inappropriate questions that you get asked from people when you're single um and so yeah like what are some of these questions if if you and i sit here and like and and narrow some of them down um what what would you say would be like one of the top ones we'll hit a few and we're gonna go into a lot of these but yeah i think i i think there's a few triggering questions but one of them that like always bothers me is when somebody says, are you lonely? Um, they'll say like, are you like, oh, you live alone? Aren't you lonely? Or like, oh, you're single. Like, are you, are you lonely? Almost like they feel sad for you or they're, they're trying to like, they're insinuating that they feel bad for your circumstance. And you literally did like the nose scrunch when you said that. Oh, like, I know. Are I, you lonely? Like, yeah. are you lonely? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I always think that when somebody asks those questions, like, when I, I have a great job, I, you know, I have a home, I'm a homeowner. I'm now renting that home. I, you know, have a, like many different eclectic groups of friends. I have interests. I know a lot about Bravo and Hollywood gossip. Like there are so many questions that you can ask. And for some reason, when I don't know why, and not everybody obviously does this. Some people have common sense, but when someone asks that, I'm always like, that's what you want to ask. That's what you want to talk about. Like, yeah. And if, if you, if, what if I was lonely, you want to bring it up over fucking yeah. cocktails you're, at Mastro's? Like, like, not the time. You, oh, wow. Now that you bring it up, sure. This is the perfect time to tell you I'm lonely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they're just looking at you like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do about that. Like, yeah. Sip drink. So weird. Sip str- like, drink. Awkward. Yeah. It's so weird. And I think that like, what I've, what we were talking about when it comes to these questions is we do believe that there are a lot of people out there who ask these questions without the intention of hurting your feelings. I know for me, like I have friends that, you know, I'll be like, Oh, like what's going on? Do you think you'll have another baby? And like, I'm genuinely curious in that moment of like, Oh, I wonder if you guys are interested in having kids. I have no idea. Maybe they're struggling to have a baby. I have no idea. And I could see how that could be triggering. And I think that's like, as we, I mean, well, obviously we'll get into marriage and those types of questions, but I do think that there are sometimes people really don't mean it in a mean way. And I think also giving the person who's asking those questions grace, because maybe they're not meaning it in that way. Yeah. And I mean, you do have to judge like how close you are to that person. Like, you know, is the, does this person even like know you or is this person like someone, you know, via Instagram that you like ran into for a little bit and now they're asking you all these personal questions mm-hmm. about your life. So it, you know, you really do, but I have, I, I have had, a, you know, there's been friends that I'm, you know, are no longer in my life, but used to ask me these questions where I didn't even realize I was lonely until you brought that up, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, thanks. Now I'm thinking about it. And now it's like, you know, these questions would start to like affect me. Um, Another question is just, yeah, why are you single? You have so much going for yourself. You know, you're you're so fun. You're so outgoing. You're so pretty. Like, why? Why are you single? And it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure if I knew that I I wouldn't be single, you know? 
And um, that's just, and instead of just being like, I don't know, if you get on the topic of, uh, topic of conversation about dating, you know, you don't need to ask them like, why you're single maybe say like how's dating like are are you trying to date like how how is dating out there especially if it's been a long time since you've been single and you really don't know what the dating world is like mm -hmm. and then open up a conversation like that to where you know allow the person on the other or the other end to be like yeah it's been really hard yeah like, and then it gets you know and i could damn well promise you that if your friend is dating they will tell you. You will know. You will know. You, you will, will already have had all the screenshots of his Bumble profile pic. You'll be sharing your location with your friends on the first date to make sure you're not being kidnapped. Yeah, like if if I if I was dating somebody, you don't think that within the first ten minutes I'd want to like drop that, like oh, and I'm dating somebody. Like that is so. You true. will know. You will know. So there's no reason to ask. <laughs> there's absolutely no reason. Now, if you're a few glasses of wine deep and you're like, and you know, you're having having you know, drinks or whatever. Like even Mal, like I'm single and Mal's in a relationship and she's like, well, what's going on? Put yourself on hinge. I would, I know her that I know that she's saying that as a girl's girl. And I think exactly like Mal said, assess your group of friends and know who's coming from it from like a place of heart and a place of like curiosity and wanting to know the know what's best for you as opposed to like probing and wanting to bring out the negative in the situation. And if you're looking around in your group of friends and you're like, well, I don't know who it is. It's probably you. Mm -hmm. You're the one that's you're probably, probably probing those inner in insensitive questions. Yeah. So maybe uh, become a little self-aware and, and assess and assess yourself. But, okay. So what are other, so, I, I, okay. So there's the you're so single. You're so pretty. How are you single? Or aren't you lonely? What are other questions? Um, I think another one, I think we've both gotten it, you know, several times is that like, maybe you're too picky. Oh, I hate that one. Like, I is it that it. hard? Is, is going on dates that harder? Like maybe you you're too picky or, and you're just like, what? Like you're, are you really asking me to like lower my standards of what I want for myself just so I can fill some type of void mm -hmm. that you think I have, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think that when it comes to somebody saying like, oh, you're so picky or whatever, it's like, well, this is the rest of my life. This isn't, you know, I mean, the divorce rates are unreal. This is the next you know, God willing, 50, 60 years of my life that I have to spend with this person. I think I deserve to be a little bit picky. Mm -hmm. And and especially at our age in life, I mean, we we should have been picky all all the days of your life, right? Like fight and search for what you want and for what is right. Um, but especially now, the older we get, the more that's at stake, the more time and commitments we've put into building our lives and inviting someone else into that space. And then and then not only that, getting to a point where like we're gonna commit, like not just even dating, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend at the end, if there's, if there's like marriage at the end of that, those are all like very serious things. And like, we're always thinking about time, mm -hmm. you know, like in, in so many things, if you don't think, I think like my time is going to be up. I, I don't want to be, for, am I going to be 40 and then meet him? And then like, and then 50 married, like we're constantly thinking about that and trying not to get so wrapped up in time mm -hmm. because time can be, what did you say? What was that thing that said? You said something about like the thief of time can be like the thief of joy. Oh no, you said jealousy. Oh, I think I said comparison. Comparison is the thief but of joy. Sorry, can, that was but, the wrong one. But fixating on a timeline will be the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And 
nine times out of 10, we are not fixating. It's other people bringing that to our attention. And I think, oh, there's Jeff. I think what the hardest thing is, is like when somebody asks you like, oh, are you being too picky? Or you need to put yourself out there. Why aren't you putting yourself out there? Why don't you do this? It's like, well, A, we're in a pandemic, you know? And, And then even before the pandemic, it's like, okay, well, I'm, you know, let's say you're in your early 30s. If you're going to date somebody your age, a guy that's your age is likely going to want to date somebody who's 25, 26. They mm-hmm. want to date somebody younger. The person who's attracted to somebody who's in their early 30s, who is a established modern woman, which for a lot of pussy ass men is intimidating. They <laughs> want, then you want the, then there's the older guys. So the people in their forties and fifties, maybe they're on their second marriage. No, I have a dad. I don't need another dad in my life. Like I don't, I'm attracted to more of a kindred spirit, a younger person. And like, so, I mean, already my options are limited there. Yeah. And then you know, the, the great guys there, what if they are gay, you know, then you have to take that into consideration of mm-hmm. the pool. So let's remove them. So now let's, so we've removed age. We've removed sexual preference. Now let's think of geography. So where we live, where our family lives, then they have to be geographically desirable. And then they have to, you know, not be annoying as fuck. So that's another thing. <laughs> and respectful. And not, you know, there's all those things that tie in. You have to have, you know, the same goals and aspirations and beliefs and drive and like, All of that is so important, especially at the age that we're at. Like, I don't want to spend the latter part of my years, like, being the one to have to push to motivate another human being. Of course, you're each other's, like, help and consistent and keeping each other accountable. Like, that's something completely different. I don't want to date someone, you know, who at this late in life where I have to figure out that I'm just like, oh, gosh, it's going to be a lot more work than than I thought. Um, you know, and when you say the age thing too, it's like, yeah, you don't want to date someone older. Maybe you'll consider some, someone younger. Um, and there's not that many younger guys that would be like ready for maybe a commitment that maybe a 33 year old is looking for. So, I mean, it is a struggle. And I think like going hand in hand with that, it's, it's also the question of, well, are, don't you want to have kids? Like, are you getting worried about that? And like, I can't tell you enough how insensitive it is to say that to a person. And if you've said that to somebody, stop it and acknowledge it. And for all I care, call them and apologize. Because as far as I'm concerned, bringing that to somebody's attention, I will guarantee you, they know this. They have thought about this (laughs) and they're seeing their therapist about this. It's not a surprise. You're not this like fucking... I don't know, like this magical person that is like bringing this first thought to their head. Like they have thought about yeah, this. You're like, wow, thank you so much, Deborah, for bringing it to my attention. I have not thought once about the fact that I may not be able to have kids because I'm meeting someone later in life. Like, my gosh, my guy, my own goddamn gynecologist told me I don't have to worry till I'm 36 about about freezing my eggs. But you know what, Deborah? since you told me you clearly have a doctorate, I'm going to go straight to my gyno and have her freeze my eggs just because you are an expert. And I will have to add that Mal, I have an aunt Deborah, and I don't know if she listens to this weird Mallory just pulled that name. Oh, out. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Aunt Deborah, this is not about you. It was this just, is, the she first. Was just, I guess just trying to find a white, a white female name. Um, <laughs> but I a hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Like people act like there's this like thought and it's like, they forget how insensitive a question like that is. And so I guess these are some like big questions. So let's talk about 
how we can manage those types of responses when we get those questions. I will say that um, I went to, I visited friends about a month ago and we were all together and um, everyone's talking about where they're, you know, their, their kids or work and all of these things. And I'm talking about, I must have listed a hundred things I'm doing. I'm talking about how I do volunteer at my church. I'm talking about how I got this new job. I'm talking about how, um, I have rent leased out my condo. I'm talking about like traveling, all of this stuff. There's so much going on. And the very end, someone came up to me and said, so, um, are you dating anyone? Whispered it. And I was like, no. And they went, oh, okay, well, have fun on your adventures. And <laughs> I know for a matter of fact that she meant nothing by that. I know who this woman is. She doesn't have a bad bone in her body. So I like brushed it off as her not knowing any better and her just being curious. When I got home, I talked to Mal about it. And I said, like, this really bothered me. Like, it made you sad, you it know? It made me sad. And it made me think, like, oh, my gosh, like, still till this day, I could be doing all of these things. And that is still what somebody is going to be curious about. So I think the biggest thing is, is when somebody asks you something, look at who who the person is asking it, right? So I could have responded in that moment and said something snarky or said, you know, made a comment, but I knew who the person was and who was communicating this. I know she didn't mean it poorly. So I just shrugged it off and then vented to my friend about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you don't even, even for the people that you feel maybe prying, like say if it's somebody opposite of the person who you spoke with that you don't really know their intentions or what they're doing, there's ways that you can reply to protect yourself and like and set a boundary, you know, like because mm -hmm. we're we're constantly meeting people and we want we want to protect ourselves and like set boundaries with others. I think it's okay to just be like, you know, when they ask, I'll be like, yes, I have thought about it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like and and it, and it, you end know, like there. don't you think about kids be like. Of course, it's been something like, thank you, mm -hmm. you know, and and end it there because it doesn't need to go further because in my head, sometimes I just think like, well, what would they if some of these people like where would the conversation like lead if you were to be fully honest and uh -huh. be like, actually, I cry myself to bed every sleep every, you know, like what if what <laughs> if someone's reaction was that like, what is the other person on the other end really going to say back like, oh sorry, like, sorry, I triggered you, like, or, you know, you just, you don't know. And there is a lot of the time that people do know what they're saying. They're being mean. They want you to admit they're trying to get you to say something about your lifestyle. And I guarantee you it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. They're asking that question because in their head, they wouldn't be secure at, at single at their thirties. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that the, one thing that we, when we, obviously we've recorded this episode like four times now because yeah, our, thank you, our anchor. <laughs> um, anchor website kept messing up. But one thing that we were saying is like, what if we spun it? What if we asked them the question? You know, they ask us, aren't you lonely? What if we said, aren't you like a little bummed out that, you know, you settled like at such a young age and you never really saw what was out there? Yeah. Or like, don't, don't you isn't it weird that you have to pay your student loan bills, but yet you're, you're not working anymore. Yeah. Like those are things that we would never say never because bring we are 
aware. And, and I can guarantee you that if you were to say that out loud, like the table would be shocked that you would say such an insensitive comment, but society has allowed us to believe that being single is some type of handicap and it's okay to speak to people like that. And it's such a double standard. And I think realizing that up front that these questions are not okay mm -hmm. is like the first step in not letting them affect your overall happiness because it's coming from a source that you wouldn't you wouldn't ask relationship advice from. So why are you acknowledging their questions? Obviously easier said than done. But when we personally deal with these questions, we always try to look at the source of who it's coming from and then decide how we want to react. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that, you know, if you're talking to your best friends about these, these things, obviously it's, that's a completely different, different scenario. Um, but even even when you are having deeper conversations such as this with with like a closer group of friends or, or those who really have your best interest at heart, they're still they're still not asking those questions in that way, mm -hmm. you know, so bluntly. So, um, yeah, just evaluate it. What are what are some um, what are some other ones? I think that. Um, you know, you get a lot for when you're single. Oh my gosh. One of these, and I just have to bring this up, Mark. Okay. Like we get it. Mara and I are 33 years. Oh, well, I'll be 33 on, I'll be 33 on Monday. Happy birthday to me. But, um, you know, we're 33 years old and we've been best friends for 17 years. And for lack of better words, Marissa is kind of my soulmate. Like you're my soul sister. You're my best friend. What have you? We get it. We spend a lot of fucking time with each other. Um, in no way do I think it would be any, I don't care how much time I spend with this bitch. It's not okay to go into my DMs and tell me that you should just marry Mar already. <laughs> not interested, like, Mal. Okay, just because I have like dating horror stories and like, it, like, and I've been single for a while, you just automatically think I'm lesbian? And I don't like understand I've my sexual why preference. at 33 years old, and I actually think this this DM, I mean, we've, there's been a few DMs, might I add, but I think this was like, even when we were like 32, like, I don't understand how like that equals the need to become a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Being single in your early 30s, like it is unreal it's unreal. Like, okay, that's, that's what I have to result to just completely changing my sexual mm -hmm. preference. Like, it just makes, it makes no sense. But, um, I, I do know that, well, well, I do know that there are some comments sometimes too, specifically with some friends that I've talked to as well, where they may not, you know, we're open and we share a lot of like our dating stories and what have you. But like, what if you're not that close with your family and they don't know that you're going on? Like, so a lot of maybe like family members could assume that you are a lesbian. And I've had friends <laughs> question, like their families question them, like, well, are you lesbian? Like joking around, but like, that's not funny either. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I was talking, I don't want to say her name cause we were, I don't want to like call out her family, but this was a conversation I, I was having recently where she had said like, yeah, like at Christmas, you know, one of my cousins were joking around and was just like, well, maybe you're lesbian. Like, why don't you just, and I turned at her and I was like, um, actually, no, I'm quite fucking slutty. I sleep with, <laughs> I sleep with tons. I, I sleep with enough people. Thank you very much. I just don't talk about it. Like, and I was like, you should have pulled out your phones and be like, I have a shit ton of nudes and I send them to a bunch yeah, of people. And then I'm, I'm fine. I would be like, yeah, well, this dick pic doesn't look very lesbian of me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just had to bring that up because it's so insensitive. I think another question that like bugs the shit out of me is when people say, uh, like, I'll be like, like, I typically, if somebody says, are you like, are you still single? I always, obviously I say, yeah, like I'm dating, but nothing serious. 
or going on dates. And then if they say like, oh, well, and I've had this happen multiple times, like, well, don't you want to like settle down and get married or something like that? And then my response is always like, yeah, of course, but I am okay. If God, I'm, I'm a very faithful person. I'm, I believe that everything happens for a reason and that my future is set and that I'm living out God's will. And I believe that what's ever meant to be is what it is. And I pray for peace in my journey and whatever that looks like. And I typically say in a condensed version, that exact statement, Mm -hmm. and they always say, always, this happens multiple times. Well, aren't you going to, aren't like, I get what you're saying. Like, I know that, but like, aren't you worried about older? Like when you're older, like I worry about like, you know, I look around and I want to see like a full dinner table of like my family. And like, aren't you worried about getting older? I'm like, okay, I have a few thoughts about that. First of all, I'm not worried. I have so many fucking friends. There's I'll have so many people at go. your dinner table It'll be already. My fucking dinner table. I'm running chairs for God's sakes. Like I'm good. And if I don't have the party, then I'll be at Mouse. I'll be at Carissa's. I'll be at Ashes. I'll be at anyone's house. Yeah, you have I your own nieces about and that. nephews and I family. have my own nieces and nephews. I will damn well be inviting myself over. And then the other thing when it comes to like that type of thing is who knows if you're going to get cool ass kids because mm-hmm. there are plenty of times in life that I have seen my own friends that I was once friends with turned out to be absolute shit shows in and out of jail, experimenting with drugs, drinking too much, whatever the hell they're doing where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's the kid I want at my dinner table. (laughs) So even if I had these kids, what if my kids suck? So, and that's not to say if, if, what if you have a husband and you know, the husband cheats on you in 20 years and you're still alone at the dinner table. But again, I would never, if someone asked me those questions, I would never say, well, aren't you worried about your dinner table? What if your husband leaves you? I would never say that. Totally. Totally. I know. That's such a good point. Like it's, it just, for whatever reason, because we're single, it makes it okay. It makes it okay to say like, it's definitely not okay to say. What about, um, like I, I did, I mean, I don't, I guess it's like not that inappropriate though too, but I get, um, a lot of questions from like older Um, like my older generation people, um, about like, you know, in my day I owned a home at your age or I, I did this and not that it's like inappropriate, but it's also just like, okay, yeah, times are different. I'm, I don't have a double income. Like I'm saving money, but like, you know, buying a home may never be in my cards. Like what if I just want to rent forever because it's, I can live the life that I want where I Mm -hmm. want to and rent and I can't necessarily afford it. And I like to buy myself purses. And there's also nothing wrong. Like that's the thing is it's like, if you want to like buy a home or you want to do whatever, like it is what is best for you. Some people don't want to buy homes because they want the freedom to travel and to, to do different things. I have to be honest. If I got married and had kids at a young age and I knew that that was my life and that I wasn't going to be able to see new places for 25 plus years because I had to wait for my kids to get older, that would give me mad anxiety. Mm -hmm. But that could be a beautiful life for somebody else. Mal and I both have older siblings who both met their significant others at a very young age, who have been with them for all of their 20s, who have kids with them, all of it. Mallory and I both idolize those relationships. We're obsessed with them. And we're always like, oh, like, I wish I had that. There are, we're not saying that there's times where we don't wish that that was the case, but if it's not the case, then we're going to be, make the best of the hand that's dealt to Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And not just live in a, and in a paradigm of like wishing you had something that you don't. I mean, that's how depression starts. That's how, 
you know, that's how we really get down on ourselves. It's just like living in this, in this idea that it was supposed to go a certain way. Like, I don't know if you ever remember like writing a list of what you want, where you wanted to be at, at certain times in your life. And I thought like my, my young self legitimately thought that I would like date someone and like date someone through college, get married at, mm-hmm. at 24, 25 and like have kids by 27. Mm-hmm. My life didn't even start until 30. I feel, oh, yeah. you know, so I, it's just crazy to think that. And, um, you know, my life could have gone very differently had I made, had I didn't make some certain decisions at like a young age. And, you know, I, I, I feel that those who did, who have made it, made those decisions at a younger age and have lasted. I mean, those are the lucky ones, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're the exception. They're yeah. not, it's, it, it's not for everybody. It's not a cookie cutter thing. Um, but you know, I said the lucky one, do I think they're the lucky one? Not in my definition of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I feel very fortunate to have lived all the experiences I've been able to and every, with every breakup, with every date, every horrible mm-hmm. date, every, whatever little instance where, it was another way of God saying like, this wasn't my plan for you. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you learn to just accept that and just know like, yes, there is something better coming and it will. And I always think like, I look back at other versions of myself and I'm always like, wow, you know, thank God I didn't get what I thought I wanted so badly Mm -hmm. then because I look at ways that I have grown since. And I remember in like 2016, I was dating this guy and I was like devastated when he ended it. We had been like off and on for several years. I was so sad when he ended it. And I remember thinking like, I thought like that God put him back in my life. I'm going to like marry this person. You know, I was like 29, 28. Like I thought that was it. And I was so upset thinking like, oh, like when will it, it make sense? You guys, I would be divorced. Like I can't think of anything worse. When I look at that poor girl, I'm like, oh my gosh, you were willing to settle because your friends were like settling down. Mm -hmm. And now I look at my life now and I'm like the opportunities that have opened, what I've been able to succeed by myself, the friendships I've made, all of that, a lot of that would not have happened had I put a stop right then and had I been okay with like settling with that type of person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy that we were able to go into those questions. And just to give you an idea, I, I put something on my, or on our, um, always a bridesmaid podcast, Instagram page. And I just wanted to see like, what kind of questions bother those people, what kind of questions bother our listeners. And like, here are some examples. Somebody wrote us, um, I was going through fertility treatment and girls from work would say the most ridiculous things. Someone rubbed my stomach and said, is there a baby in there? so insensitive. I like, can't even believe it. And then, um, other things people would write is don't worry that, um, don't you worry that men think you're too independent. Somebody wrote, when are you going to settle down? Somebody said it'd be, it better be a girl or you will have hands full with three boys as if you have a choice. That's going back to like conceiving a child. Um, when is he going to pop the question? Why aren't you married yet? You're so pretty. Why are you single? Um, before I got engaged, someone wrote before I got engaged, it would kill me when people asked, when are you going to get engaged? Mm -hmm. Um, somebody else said, when are you going to get married? As if I'm not allowed to have goals that don't involve him. These are just some of the responses that, you know, that just shows that no matter what stage in your life, you're getting these ridiculous questions. But before we get into the the long-term relationship questions that are irritating or marriage questions, let's talk about like how to tackle those single girl questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it's Marissa was just explaining to me too, as we were kind of diving into this and it's, it's not even, it's not even exactly how you respond to these questions in that moment. Cause let's face it, it doesn't matter what you say in that moment. Um, you know, because for me, for instance, like when I feel like I don't know how to reply or if it's like a question that I feel triggered, like I don't really know how to react in that moment because I, I, a, I don't want to get defensive and cause an argument for maybe not knowing or understanding why this person asked me the question. Um, but B, like it may be too personal that I don't want this person to even know. So like sometimes I would like I like lie or just like kind of be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm having fun living life like just a very surface level answer. It's what these questions do to us after the fact. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's more important is is um, like nurturing yourself and things that you could do so you don't get down on yourself for these questions being brought up and, and comparing yourself maybe to why you're not at a certain point in your life. Exactly. I think that when it comes to those questions, if you can think of some like elevator speech, like little three minute replies that where you can like answer those questions and you feel confident doing so 100% all give, do it, do it, do it, do it. I think that that is like so powerful to be able to stand up for yourself. But like Mal said, typically when you're caught off guard, it is really hard to respond quickly. It's the same as when someone goes, well, give me an example. It's like, fuck, I don't know. You start kind of like panicking, yeah, getting hot. Sweating. You're like, you can't think of like a quick enough answer. And then you just become like submissive to the question and you just like let them take it. And so I will be honest. Unfortunately, I would say eight times out of 10, that's likely going to happen. You're going to be caught off guard by these questions. They're going to be upsetting. You know, you're at happy hour. You're with a bunch of friends. You're with family. You don't want to kill the mood by giving some type of reply that might be off-putting to that person. So you just swallow it. So afterwards, it is hard to deal with, you know, you when you're when you leave the group and now you're alone. I'm, I hate to say it, but like 100%, you're going to be rethinking those questions because they triggered that in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest thing that you can do is to not let that get to you to the point where you compare yourself to a prior version of yourself. And so by that, I mean, um, you could say, well, I, when I was 27, I was dating so much. I was thin. I was dating like, oh, I, I hate it. And it's like, comparison is 100% the thief of joy. And I would argue that like the biggest comparison that we do is we compare ourselves to like other versions of ourselves and we were happier or skinnier. It was never about the way it was never about the dating. It was always about you. Mm -hmm. And so just remember that when you're trying to, you know, feel like you messed up at a certain phase of life, maybe you, um, you gave the wrong guys the time and, you know, and you're mad at yourself or whatever the reason is, just know that it wasn't in the cards for you during that time and to not live in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you, you made a good point by like not only comparing yourself like your to your past self, but to that person also speaking. Like you don't know how happy that person is in their life. And that's something to remind yourself as well. That like wherever, especially if it's someone that, you know, is a little bit of a shady person, you don't know their intentions with those questions, like those people that fall on like the other side of the spectrum. Um tell it is has everything to do with with them and nothing to do with you and where you're at as life. If anything, they're envious of that you can live your life at this age, be single and be this happy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that's a surprise to them. Mm -hmm, exactly. 
Um, I think also how to deal with those questions that might bring you down and make you emotional or upset is take a page out of our Sweet Second and Sisters book, which is have a gratitude journal. If you're ever feeling less than because of comments people made, things you see on the internet, comparisons you're making, um, write out a list and say like why you're so grateful to be single during this time. Write out a list, you know, to say, I, I always feel like the best relationships are two people that have established lives of themselves that came together because they truly care about each other and not because they're trying to fill a void. Mm -hmm. Um, the relationships that I see end where I'm not shocked, it's because the girl or the boy made that person their everything and they have no life or hobbies outside of that relationship. And I hate to say it, but that happens because as soon as there's like anger or whatever, you lash out at that person because you don't have a a net to fall back on of somebody that you could express these feelings with. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when it comes to that, just reflect and be so grateful that you're at this stage and that you're doing it alone. You're managing to create this life for yourself. You're getting a great job. You're getting promotions, all of these things on your own. And that's something to be very, very proud of. Um, and so the gratitude journal, um, you know, I, I think tell like, you were saying maybe like backtracking of like, you know, maybe pick some certain times in your life where like, had you made a different decision, how your life would be different. I know for a fact that if I, you know, forgave that guy that cheated on me 15,000 times, one more time, my life would look completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, just it's, it's sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of the journey that we've gone on to get here to pull us out of that kind of slump. Um, and you know, reach out to a friend too. Maybe they need to remind you a little bit. Sometimes we, you know, we get stuck and we forget and we lose sight of really everything that we've experienced and like appreciate where we're at. Um, you know, when it comes to like marriage and all those things, like the, the person you're meant to be with is out there. If you're meant to be with someone mm -hmm. and you know, the person of your past was not meant to be for you for a specific reason and your life would look completely different had you not made that decision. Mm -hmm. So writing it down and like journaling it and then, you know, remembering how, how it was and how you came to be would, I think would be a helpful mm -hmm. reminder as well. And I think, try. I mean, obviously we're human. We want to think longevity. We want to think about the future. We want to think about like the next 50 years and all of these things. But what if you just focus on the next six months or the next six or the next year and you think, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going to stop thinking. I know it's cliche, but a lot of times they say like, as soon as you stop thinking about so much about dating, like things happen and mm -hmm. you meet people and it's because you're not so fixated on it. You're looking at other things. And I feel like some people, you know, you hear the thing, like they're notoriously in a relationship. They go, they bounce from relationship to relationship from relationship. I feel bad for those people. I feel bad for people that can't be alone. They're I feel searching bad for something. that they're like searching for something. And I feel bad that they're not confident or comfortable enough in themselves where they need to do that. And so just keep that in mind when you think, oh, they're always in a relationship. Well, is it a good thing? I don't know, you know, like, yeah, it's beautiful once they find marriage, but if, are they just going from, are they hopping from relationship, from relationship, from relationship? Like, remember exactly what Mal said that like you're comparing apples and oranges. These are two completely different lives and two different personalities. And as much as you want to think, well, you know, in a, in two years, I want to be married. No, focus on things that you can control. In two years, I want to go to Greece. In one year, I want to move out of my parents' house. In six months, I want to save $500. You know, like 
fixate on goals that you can control because unfortunately finding a, the perfect mate is going to be destiny. Yeah. Those are variables that you have absolutely no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't put, if you wouldn't put money on it, then, you know, you can't, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that be a long-term goal. It's like something in your mind, of course you may want, but. Mm-hmm. And we're excited. I think that as this podcast develops and as we get um, you know, a, a lot of what we say, like the re or the, the topics that come up is feelings. We feel yes, but also messages we get of like, if we get enough messages of like the same type of topic, we like make the decision. So as we always say, you are not alone because we wouldn't do this topic if there weren't several women reaching out to us being like, how do I deal with this? Or everyone's getting married and I don't know how to deal with these feelings because it is frustrating. And if at the end of the day, like the best advice we can give you is when you're going to get these questions and things like that, create a space and a life that you love so much that you're able to brush off those questions and almost to a, to a sense, feel bad for those people that they feel it's appropriate to ask that and then go home to your home where it's like your safe space and you're happy and it doesn't matter because no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what about, we had a, a, a listener reach out and say, can you have Mal talk about what it's like to be in a long distance relationship? Obviously your guys' relationship is still pretty new. It's, mm-hmm. it's a few months in, but I know that sometimes it's difficult for many reasons and I'm sure you can get into it, but also, you know, when you're in a relation, new relationship, whether long distance or not, you also get the stupid questions. So tell me a little <laughs> yeah, bit about you do. that and like how you've been navigating that. Well, and I think with my situation too, you know, I'm I'm in an I'm in a new relationship with someone I've had a friendship with for for six years. So the questions that I've gotten too were like, wow, you know, well, first of all, it's like I went on my trip and you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's you know, she went on this trip and all of a sudden she came back with this boyfriend. And so there's like, oh, isn't it too quick? He's so far. Um, I've gotten questions like, um, don't you feel like it's going to be like a Disneyland relationship? How will you guys ever really get to know each other if you can't spend that much time together? And I'm like, wow, said the person who's so needy and needs like their boyfriend in the room 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I'm maybe my 25 year old self couldn't handle that type of separation from someone, but like making it work is because yeah, we live in such a digital age and I, I I hate to even admit that like you can have real connection through, through, um, through FaceTime and stuff. But you know, again, questions that make you start to think, Oh wow. Like shit. Like, should I have thought about those things? Mm -hmm. Like, was I not thinking about, and it's like, no, I'm doing what my heart wants and what I feel, you know, is, is right for us. I feel like we've, we know each other well enough in the, these last like six years of being being friends that like we're both as adults can make a decision that we're mature enough to handle, you know, what will come what will come ahead. Um, and that's from, you know, having honest, real conversations in communication. There's no I think I think with long distance, a lot of people can maybe agree you cut out a lot of the bullshit because there's no time for that. Like there's no time to not say what's on your mind or what's on your heart, you know? And so being honest and real, I think, um, you know, especially in the last months, it's like you start to miss each other and, you know, you, you do realize like maybe the times where you feel the most frustrated is just because like 
you need to just sit there and say like, I, I miss you. I feel like I'm, you know, like, like off, I'm having an off week because I feel like I miss you. Like, let's talk, let's reconnect. Let's like, you know, not let that go too long. Um, and so, yeah, that's been important. So yeah, you get those weird questions, you know, he's also like in the military. So I get like many questions about like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, trust me, I think about that all the time. Like Mm -hmm. those questions are always on my mind. I don't have, I, I don't have the answers for them. I know that like, we're, you know, we're, we're going to like see it through and see, see what happens and what comes of it. And, um, you know, I think that like the, like when, and I know, you know, again, once again, friends genuinely concerned, like, or genuinely just want to know an open dialogue conversation. Um, it's again, assessing like who's asking you those questions and why. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say is like, when you're getting questions, like, I think, you know, as a friend, if your friend's in a long distance relationship or a regular relationship, a lot of the times the friend in the relationship is seeing everything with rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. They're choosing to ignore the red flags. They're choosing to ignore the obstacles because they think that it's right. So I think as a friend, you, as a good friend, you have the, um, right to ask questions and to bring things to attention. After they answer that question, then it's done. Mm -hmm. And then it is up to them to bring it up again. Because I think obviously of any friend, I think even when you were started dating, when you came home, I was like, you guys, how is this going to work? It's like so new and you have all of these questions. And then Mm -hmm. you were like, yeah, like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, now if every single week she was like, Alex is such an asshole or like was complaining. I, then I think I would say, I would revisit and be like, Mal, do you really think that the long distance relationship is working? Because then it would be my place to step in as, as a friend. Mm -hmm, But if nothing is happening and things are going well and you know, whatever, then it's like my piece is done. And that's how it should be with yours guys. You know, with our listener circle is, is is if you guys feel like your friends are constantly being like the negative energy and every single time they talk to you, they're kind of bringing the mood down and bringing up these questions and 100% reassess who you're hanging out with. Yeah. Your friends can have, you know, if, if, if you want to open up to them, open up to them. If they want to ask some questions and they're like curious, then by all means. But if it's something that they're like, continuously bringing it up, then that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and it is good to always check in because, you know, you may not be the person to be like, oh, I have an issue today. I want to just go lay it all on my other friend's heart, you know, and be the person that's complaining. So, you know, it is good to check in to see how things are going. And, um, and, you know, your friends will be open to talk about it because, as you're figuring it out with this long distance relationship too, like you're figuring out a lot about yourself as well and what is, what is going to be right and not right and be aware of all of those, those Mm -hmm. signs, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can get, you can have like rose colored glasses on and then you can, you know, because you feel like you want something to work, not bring things up to question in a relationship and all those things. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably like a whole nother episode mm-hmm. in terms of just like long mm-hmm. distance dating. But um, Mal, how do you feel like, so some of these questions that you've got, whether it's related to him being in the military or long distance, how do you feel like you've responded? And then how do you feel like, um, has it dampened your mood, dampened your mood at home? And how has you have, how, 
my goodness, I can't talk. How have you worked through those emotions? Um, I think, well, the way that I have answered them, um, you know, I, I think that I, I know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like no one's going to know my relationship like I do with my significant other. Right. So, um, I think, you know, at first when I, when I do get these questions, like I, I let them know, like, you know, those are things we're working on and, and figuring out. I just know that like, I'm open. I'm open to see like where this will lead us both. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, if he chooses this, I'm I'm out or I'm, I won't do this. Like I'm not putting those things because I do really want to see like where this can lead if we can be both very like open with like what we want and what we and our expectations. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of and I was like, you know, and it's and I was like, we have so many things fun trips planned back and forth, you know, to me, like, that's exciting. Like to think in like a, a year I could have gone on like more trips with someone that's far away than I would someone that was, you know, a, a few feet away mm -hmm. from me or so close to me or, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I find a lot of, um, I found a lot of complacency in a lot of my last relationships that I had so much availability for them all the time. Um, and so it's, I think that it, it works for, it works for me. So I, you know, in answering your question and when people ask, you know, what your plan is or all these things, I, I literally just say like, you know, we're figuring, we're it figuring out. it out. We're yeah. figuring out and we, we talk about it often and like, you know, we're both open to seeing like where things lead and like leave it at that because, um, nothing is set in stone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that when you're in a like a long distance relationship or even just a relationship, somebody is going to have questions. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship and he's younger, they're going to be like, what you're dating? Like he's so young. Like, do you feel like, or he's older or they don't, he doesn't have the type of job people want, or he doesn't have the type of family life that people want. You know, like there's so much of this like idea that people are looking for. And I think just recognizing it, whether or not it's coming from a good place. And then exactly what Mal said, you know, your relationship better than anybody. So if somebody says, doesn't it bother you that he's, um, you know, in another area, you could politely say, actually, I've like been in relationships where they live nearby and like, they treated me so bad and he treats me so great living across the United States. And I'm just like really ha happy with where things are at mm -hmm. saying something like that shuts it down immediately because all you had to use the word is happy. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter where they're at. If you're happy where you're at in life. Now, if the, if your friend responds and says something else, then like those things can open and those, that those other conversations are open for other, of other, um, input questions, or, yeah, and questions. Input. yeah. But if the, if you want to shut it down, you can simply say that. Um, I also think that, you know, you can also it's none of people's business. Also, if you're like uncomfortable asking anything, so you could politely change the subject. And then if lastly, like you have every right to also tell a friend, you know, that kind of hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're dating somebody and your friend is constantly like, you know, they do this or they do that, you know, you can say, you know what, like that hurts my feelings. I actually really care about this somebody, this person. And every time you say that, like, it's really bothering me. Can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. It makes will, me feel not supported. It makes me feel not supported. Exactly. I will be honest. I did not like Mallory's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I had a bad feeling with him. I have, I know Mallory's current boyfriend listens to the show and I 
don't have that feeling about him. <laughs> I had bad feelings about her other ex-boyfriend. And I think what's hard is that when he's behaving a certain way that, and like, I, I reflect back on this, like he was treating you a certain way that like, I did not agree with. And I feel like I would bring it to your attention. Like, Oh, he treats you like shit. Or like, I don't like this, but it's like, I look back on that. And I think that it's like a learning thing of being like, how not pointing that out, say, how are you feeling mm -hmm. that he's acting like that? Because she knows damn well that he's gaslighting her or treating her like shit or being shady. Yeah. He, that's not something that needs to be brought to her attention. What she wants to talk about is, okay, well, this is how now I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling unworthy or I'm feeling depressed or whatever, you know, not, this is just hypothetical yeah. now, but that just kind of gives you an idea of when a friend is going through something, I can guarantee you that they are aware of that. Yeah. You're they're not aware of whatever. And, and especially like if they're trying so hard to keep it together, so it'll work. Like they're, they're aware of what they're doing, asking how they're feeling or how is this making you feel? Um, opens up so much more for, for the person on the, on the receiving end to think about, mm -hmm. because then it's like, okay, now I'm actually forced to like, think about my feelings and you're right. Like, I don't like how I feel. Mm -hmm. I, and the way that I'm feeling is causing me to act a certain way. And like, I'm, I don't feel like this is right. I don't feel like this is happy. And like, if you're feeling that way, then that means like that needs to be brought up in your relationship. And if when you do bring up how you feel and if he's not receptive of that and like validating your feelings, I'll tell, I mean, I, and I don't even want to like, like, you know, put Alex on a pedestal or anything like that. But, you know, I, we had like a real conversation a few weeks ago where I like said like how I felt and for whatever reason, I, it's, it's not, it had nothing to do with him. It's just with past relationships and what I've, the only thing I've experienced before is like, when I say how I really feel, it's been shut down. It's been shut down. Like not you're validated. either not validated or like, why do you feel this way? Gaslighted <laughs> all these things. And you know, for the first time, and I can't, I don't even remember to hear like my counterpart be like, um, you know, at the end of our conversation, not only like validate my feelings, but then like recap it, you know, mm -hmm. like just so we're clear, like I, I hear you on this. Like I, I want to make you feel good about this. I like, we can do better mm -hmm. here. Like all these things. And I was just like, oh my God, what is like, where does this mature, normal person come from? You know, and I'm sure we'll have our struggles, but, but again, like, in those situations, when you're asked about the future or from people too, it's like, you don't have the time in that moment to be like, well, he, you know, he, he does this and this, and we have this amazing conversation and he validates all these things. And, um, because then you're just trying, uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, when you're, when you're asked those certain questions, you're like, are you asking me just because I need to start to like validate every single little, little thing in my life. Mm -hmm. But, um, and those are good and true feelings to like express someone if you ex express to someone if you if you want to explain like your relationship he makes me feel valid he mm -hmm. you know um we're able to be like open and honest we have the same like goals for the future and family and all these things and he makes me happy mm -hmm. and i think it boils down to like we say in our introduction like being your true authentic self you know you don't need to hype up your relationship to a certain degree when you're in a relationship you don't need to make it seem like it's something it's it's not 
to appease the person asking these questions because you know your relationship Mm -hmm. and you know what it means to you and that's all that matters. And it is completely up to you how much or how little you want to share. And I think that, you know, with any relationship and, you know, with really anything you do in life, people are going to feel entitled to know like these parts of your relationship. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to deal with that, especially because you want to have, you know, when you sit down and you're with your friends and you're talking, you know, sometimes like you're having wine and questions come out, you know, and, and so I guess when know the know who you're speaking to and know the setting and and try not to get upset and just to try to go back to the root of like I know my relationship and if I am getting upset why am I getting upset is it because something's triggered with my relationship then maybe that's two conversations you need to have mm-hmm. maybe you need to have a conversation with a friend after that why not that said like hey you kind of overstepped and it like hurt my feelings and I just want to like air this out or have a conversation with your partner and say, you know, they brought this up and it's just really been bothering me. And I realized like, I do think this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That I was, I was going to say some, that too. Like a lot of these questions can bring up things in your own relationship that you may want to address and start thinking about. And like, don't, don't dismiss those if those are mm-hmm. things that you need to bring up in your relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about uh, what it's like to deal with these difficult questions when you're single, the difficult questions when you're in a relationship or when you're in a long-term or a long-distance relationship. So now we're going to speak to making, you know, you're, you're in your relationship and you're making the decision to get engaged. So those types of questions, marriage, and then obviously the, a big one being kids of people overstepping boundaries and how to deal with those types of questions relating back to kids. Yeah. So let's talk about long-term relationships and, um, you know, prior to getting engaged up to being engaged. So like, excuse me, some of the questions can be like, when are you going to get married? Why aren't you engaged yet? Um, do you think he's the one, all these things, right? And you could be in a long-term relationship and like, maybe marriage isn't even in, in the picture, like, or maybe you guys aren't at the right time. I don't know, maybe you want to save up money for a wedding and don't want to go in debt or buy a house first or whatever it may be. Um, We are in the 21st century. Yeah. It is completely normal, if not encouraged, to live with a partner before getting married. So if somebody asked me, if I was like, you know, if I was getting ready to be engaged. And I was like, well, we really want to buy a house before we get married because the cost of a wedding. And somebody had an opinion like that about something like, I mean, I haven't been in this situation, so I don't even know how I would react other than, you know, that I, or other than I would look at the question and the person asking the question and first evaluate, like we've been saying, evaluate the person asking the question, you know, if it's like a coworker, you know, they don't give a shit, you know, they're just kind of asking questions. If it really bothers you, perhaps they make a comment about like fertility or something. Maybe you talk offline, but a lot of the time these questions come from a family member or a close friend and they're just like probing to try to get a reaction out of you. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, by all means too, like, I think that this question, um, I've been asked this question before in relationships, even at like a a young age, like when I was in my like long-term relationship, like, and I just thought it was like, 
um, <coughs> you immediately start to feel like you need to rush things. Like mm-hmm. even if you've been together for so long and then all of a sudden people are putting the thought of marriage or maybe you've just been with that person just for like a few months and then people are talking about marriage and you're like, I haven't even talked marriage about this with my person. Like, why are you guys already putting this in my head? I'm just like, start to overwhelm. But, um, you know, say if you guys have been dating for a long time and marriage hasn't been brought up or like he, you don't know when he is like that could start to instill a lot of doubt in your, in your relationship that you didn't think about. So like, and, and by no means should that make you feel like you need to still rush the process and like continue rushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, the, you know, there's a difference between rushing the process. So for example, you're engaged and you want to get married. We are in the middle of a pandemic there. It makes sense that people want to just like get married. I have mm-hmm. a good friend who like they end up doing like a really small intimate wedding because at this point, when will things open back up? Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about things like that. We're talking about people making comments of saying like, well, when are you getting married or you're rushing into marriage? You know, like there's, there's two different ways to that people. Yeah. Ask don't you think questions. you're rushing into don't it? Don't you think you're rushing into it? Like you're like, this is so soon. You've or, only known him a year you've only, or, or you've known him a whole year. I can't believe he hasn't proposed. You know, like you, you really can never please people because that's <laughs> Honestly. Like, either way you're going to get that response. But I think that it's preparing yourself for those types of questions and knowing, you know, oh, well, you know, I, and I guess, and I, I, it's like so hard to have this even do to speak about this because I know I'm guilty of being like, oh my gosh, when is he going to propose? You guys have been together forever. Always, you know? always. But I guess the only reason why I give myself a hall pass is because I know my intentions behind it. And I know I'm such a girl's girl that I just really want to know. Um, like I'm, I'm curious about like the engagement thing, Mm -hmm. just so you guys know, this is like kind of irrelevant, but I don't have any older sisters. Um, I have a younger stepsister, but we never lived together and I'm several years older. And so I've always been like infatuated with older sisters. Mm -hmm. Like I just, Mal has an older sister. You would think that she's queen Elizabeth. Like I'm obsessed (laughs) with her sister, older sister. Like I've always been so, I don't know, just because I didn't have an older sister, I've just always felt like they were royalty in my eyes. And I always wanted to like go in my brother's yearbooks and look at the older girls. And like, I've just always like tried to do that. And I think that kind of relates back to like the giddy little girl inside of me when I have a friend that's like getting ready to get engaged. Cause I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it like, Oh my God, is he going to propose? Ah, you know, like such a child because that like inner kid in me of like wanting the big sister, I just like kind of looked at, look at it like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why, like, I feel like I give myself a hall pass when I do that. And if I've ever offended anybody, I'm really sorry, but I do believe there are people in my life at least, or I hear friends say like, they're so rude. They only bring up like the shortcomings of my boyfriend, in which case you kind of evaluate the person, the friendship and know their intentions behind it. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, you can kind of tell the person's intentions just by the way they behave in other circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know the engagement thing is kind of a hard one, like to really pinpoint because you're right. Like I'm guilty of it of it. So I think I asked my friends, you know, my, my friends that are in relationships all the time. And I have actually had like a real honest and true conversation with, you know, one of my best friends, um, about, you know, getting married and she's, she's been in a long-term relationship for quite some time. And 
um, they've talked marriage and they've talked just like staying together and like, you know, they both kind of have maybe different views on what, what marriage is, but they both want kids. And so, um, I just, I know that their relationship is so special that only like they can really understand why they've chosen to have this, this relationship. And I know that like a lot of questions from other people really starts to like weigh on her because she constantly feels like she's defending a, mm-hmm. a, like defending something that they've decided together and that they're happy about. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if your friend is happy, happy, enjoying the ride, whatever that ride may be with their partner, then you just need to, you know, let them, let them have their joy and let them be happy. Mm-hmm. If they start to speak out that they're not, lean into that and be, be a friend to them and help them, you know, to kind of reevaluate what mm-hmm. they really want in their life. But, and also read the body language of your friend who you're asking. So if you're like, I have a, one of my like very best friends, I think that she'll get engaged like any moment. And I'm always like, when is he going to propose? I thought it would have done on Christmas. Oh, Valentine's day. Oh, your birthday. Like, I'm always like, so curious. Like, when do you think he'll do it? And I genuinely mean it because I love her so much and I'm like so excited and I'm like curious. But if there was ever a time where like her body language was like hesitant or if she appeared irritated when I was asking that, then I think that I would obviously step back and I would like, so to speak, read the room Mm -hmm. and know like, okay, obviously like she doesn't like that question. If you're on the receiving end, by all means, write a text or have a call and say like, you know what? You keep bringing up the engagement and it's like seriously, like really bothering me. Or like we said, rehearse a little one minute response where if somebody always says like, are you engaged yet? You say, we really want to get like, we're really excited to be engaged, but we're just like focusing on ourselves right now and like saving to buy a house. Boom. Shut down. Shut the door. And you guys, if you have any nice little elevator speeches, like Mark (laughs) keeps saying in your back pocket, DM us because it'd be nice to like have a few of those. (laughs) <laughs> Especially Usually my me, elevator speech is fuck off, yeah. but I'm being PC. Uh, I'm like, near, 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 <laughs> you can't see. Just just little, yeah. I did my middle finger. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I typically do have, I, I feel like if I'm, if I'm um, caught on a good day, you know, because I'm not always on those good days. And if I'm on a bad day, you better believe that I like say something probably snarky. But if I'm caught on a good day, I usually, I can't speak to like the marriage thing or anything like that. But if I'm caught on a good day, I usually have something prepared of what I'm going to say of like, oh no, I'm like, I'm just focusing on myself or traveling or whatever. Like I, I know what I'm going to say. Um, but aside from like the getting engaged thing, which I think that we can all agree is, is kind of like a, I don't know, no one answer fits all. Um, there's the difficult one of like having, uh, once you do get married, of uh, what's next. And I think the reason that this, the question about children is so triggering to me is because, and I've said this on a previous podcast, it's like we work our whole, and I have to give this as a be there in five thing that I heard, but it's like you be there in five podcasts that is. So you work your whole lives of like trying to get your ducks in a row. You're trying so hard to like you know, get into the best college and to do well in school and to make your parents proud and all of these things only to finally meet the significant other, only to finally get married, only to finally buy a house, only to finally get that promotion to then be expected to basically wash the slate clean and now raise a family. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're, you can never get ahead because you're constantly being told you're behind. And I, I, when I think about that, I think it's just so unfair because you don't know people's circumstances. You don't know if they're having trouble having kids. You don't know if maybe one person wants kids and one person doesn't, and it's a marital problem. You don't know how much maybe they've 
are in debt trying to conceive a child. It's such an unfair comment that in this time of life, everyone knows better. Everyone, everyone should, know, should better. know better that this Com that this is just very triggering. And even in some responses that we've gotten from questions, I was like, you know, you're surprised when you hear some things from people like I had no idea they had, you know, issues conceiving or what have you. And, you know, and some people, you know, can get maybe like they got pregnant and they had miscarriage and it was just like true, too traumatic and they didn't want to talk and tell anybody about it. It could have been like a secret within just their family. And they're just not ready to like open their hearts to that type of hurt again, if it could possibly happen. Um, I know I have friends that struggle with, you know, they've, they've had one kid and, and that's fine with them. They want one child. They don't want any more kids, but then there's pressure from their own friends. That's like, why don't you want to have any more kids? It's like, well, no, I'm fine. I just want one. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's pressure to have even more. And it's like, mm -hmm. why am I going to spread myself thin if I know that this is what's works perfectly for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm guilty of this myself. I mean, I asked my sister and my sister has two kids and, um, they're, you know, six and five. And, you know, I joke around with her all the time that I'm like, well, why don't you have another, a, a baby? Like, I just want to be able to hold a baby. And she'll look at me and she'll be like, you have another, you have a baby. Like, why do I have to do all the fucking work? Mm -hmm. Like you have a baby. I'm all, well, you know, it's kind of <laughs> hard right now. So, Anyways, um, and I, I do, I feel like I, I tell my sister that all the time jokingly because I, I do know that like she is very happy where her life is at right now and the age that her children are at and to, you know, to start all over would, would be a lot. And there's, you know, um, anyways, besides the point, I think that like, yeah, you even get those questions even after you, you conceive beautiful children and it's just like, it's still not enough. Some people still want you to have more. You're constantly chasing. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're dealing with those questions, again, I feel like we just are like a broken record saying that, but just identify the person asking the question. Look at that person. Do they have a history of making you feel less than? Do they have a history of being judgmental on your lifestyle? Where is this coming from? A lot of the times, for example, if you have like a high school friend on um, in, from Instagram and they and they message you being like, "Oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. Have a baby already." I'm and don't be triggered by that because you know that they know nothing. They don't know better and they're just being kind. Again, I'm just like hypothetically giving mm -hmm. examples, but you know, they don't, that is something that it's like, they don't know. Now, if it's your, you know, cousin or your sister or somebody that knows that you're like having trouble conceiving, or maybe your finances aren't right and you can't afford to have a child, then by all means, hear their question and either respond in that moment or call them or text them afterwards and say, you know what? Like you offended me with this question. And if you really want to know why, like we'll get into it right now, but it is so inappropriate that you have the audacity to make those comments in public. Mm -hmm. I think that you have full range. Um, I think that everybody knows better. There's no excuse. I think that there are plenty of times, I mean, we do the same, like your friends have kids. You're like, do you want to have more kids or whatever? Because you're just like in the chatty mood and you're talking and it's well, like, and they have the talk. cutest and kids. You're just like, kids. the whole world should just be populated my, with yeah, it. Yeah. I always bug my brother and my sister-in-law to have more kids, both of them. Like I, I want it so bad, but I also know that it's like nothing that I'm like that serious about. I'm just selfish and want more nieces and nephews. <laughs> and I believe wholeheartedly that they know that. Mm -hmm. Um, another question that like, I think is like the hardest thing is when people tell me about having kids, they go, well, 
I mean, like they look at me with like puppy dog eyes and they're like, well, at least you can adopt. And it's like, that's not what I want to hear. Yeah. I don't, I just want you to validate my feelings that says like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like that's gotta be really hard. Period. Yeah. The at least statements I think are terrible in so many circumstances, mm-hmm. like especially in your, in your case, you know, well, at least you can adopt. Well, at least you beat cancer. At least you beat cancer. It's like, okay, as if that's an alternative, like, cool. I'm glad that I had to choose between those two and mm-hmm. you'll never have to choose between that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty of like, of women that I know through the cancer community or just friends that we know that, you know, have had a very difficult time conceiving a child and it is awful. It's not comparable to anything. There's no reason to ever use the words at least. And I do believe not to be a, again, say it, but there are people that sometimes are trying to lift your spirit and come from a good place. And to those people try to have compassion for them and to know that they don't know any better. And in certain circumstances, it's really hard to find the right words. And there's been times in my life where people have said extremely hurtful things to me that I like carry deep down that I like have to deal with. And it's really hard, but I try to know that they don't know better, that they don't know those emotions. And when you're dealing with these questions, I know how triggering they can be. And the only thing I can think of is to lend, to talk to a friend or if you're married, talk to you know your spouse about these questions. And then if it is bothering you that much, go to the person asking these questions and confront them so that they don't do it to another person. Yeah. And listen to lots of podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, a lot of these answers are in like, you know, podcasts that people listen to. I learned so much, especially about like grieving and grief and all these things through many podcasts that I've like, you know, listened to where you're like, wow. And you do recognize like I did do that, you know, because you do, it is true. You do not know any better. And, um, you know, again, assessing the situation and knowing the person and where that person's heart is coming from, you're able to, you know, write those things off and then maybe have a teaching moment with them, with them later. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, the at least statements I think are something that just need to be tabled and never, never brought up again. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately like what I've learned as we've been recording this episode now for 24 hours and, and have like, have had a lot of self-reflection about like questions and things like that is dealing with questions starts with yourself, you know? So you can't expect others to always do the right thing, but you yourself can stay woke and do better and Mm -hmm. learn and listen to podcasts and do those things so that you're not caught in the circumstance where you're asking inappropriate questions. And if you do find yourself in asking those questions and maybe overstepping, then apologize, acknowledge to your friend, like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. And I'm really sorry. Like that was insensitive to me because I promise you, they probably will appreciate that more than, you know, and they're going to say like, okay, that wasn't a true statement. I can let that go. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that and now I can let that go. And I think that if you're the person that is curious and you're, you know, wanting things, you know, take time to, really listen in those conversations, read their body language and see how they're reacting. So you know when to stop. And I think it's also okay to ask your friend, like, how can I, how can I be here to support you? If, especially if you guys are in like two different phases of life, like say you're in your thirties and you're single and your very best friend is married with two kids. And 
you know, you love each other and want to be there for one another, but you just don't know exactly how, like, it's okay to be like, Hey, like, tell me about, you know, tell me about what's going on and how you're feeling in your life. I want to better support you. What can I do? What can I do to better support you in our friendship? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because that could be an educational moment that for you to be like, okay, you can bring yourself down to that person's level and kind of see eye to eye if they're actually saying like, well, thank you so much for, for asking, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been really hard. We're going through this or like, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to, I, I, I didn't really want to bring this up, but I'm struggling here. Um, you know, it's always okay to let your friends know that you don't exactly know how to be there for them, but you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then, and then maybe come to, um, you know, an understanding. Uh huh. And I, I actually like, I think of this entire podcast, that's like the most brilliant thing that you've, that has come out of this is exactly what you just said that when we're dealing with these questions, yeah, occasionally it might come from the family member. It may come from like a sibling or somebody at work or something like that. But a lot of the times these like difficult questions come from our inner circle. And a lot of the times it comes from two different people, not understanding the phases of life that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And it is very difficult as you get older, because as time goes on, it's more times than not that you're in different places of life because you're both growing, you're both in different places. And, you know, just because you feel like you're, it's worse because you're single. Well, somebody might be trying to like juggle finances and a baby and a family, which is equally hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe they're feeling misunderstood too. But I think for me, at least the friendships that I've had to end was friendships that came to it with like a judgmental with saying like, I can't believe they're still doing X. I can't believe they're still drinking. I can't believe they're still going out. I can't believe whatever. And that is when you feel misunderstood and you don't want to continue the friendship. And I think that if anything, what you need to do is sit down and say like, you know, I'm feeling this way and you're making me feel this way. And just communicating that out loud is so important because as we get older, it's very likely that our lives will be in different places unless we're, you know, I don't know, in, in a, on a military base together, I guess. <laughs> in which case, our lives would be very similar on tick, make tick, making food TikToks, I guess. Food TikToks. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I'm just so happy we did this episode because I, I feel like as our listener base grows, what we don't want to do is, is we don't want to make it sound like if you're married, that we, that you're, we, that we don't understand your problems or that we can't relate to you because yeah, we're not married and we can't relate, but what we can all agree on is like these awful questions mm-hmm. that we get asked that make us reconsider our happiness. Yeah. And if anything, it's, it's, it's a good, um, I guess it's like a blessing and a curse to know that, uh, they will never, it, it never ends. <laughs> the questions will always exist. You know, those it's, it's not just like once you get married, those questions stop. Or once you find that man and aren't single, the questions stop. It's like the questions do continue. So that's the one thing. And I think at the end of the day, if you ever blank and you don't know what to say and someone says, Marissa, aren't you sad you're still single? It's so easy. Just reply. Never said it was going to be easy. Never said it was going to be easy. (laughs) Honestly, they'll look at you confused. Oh my God. You can answer that for anything in life. Literally like anytime anybody says anything to me and I don't know what to say, I always say, well, never said. Yeah. 
Sometimes like, you can throw in a oh honey, and then they're like, "Why'd you hook up confused. with your ex boyfriend?" I never said. Was, I never said. Never said. Never and said. Then they don't know what to thing. say back, and then it's done. So, yeah, <laughs> that's just a, a little piece of advice. Okay, well, we hope you got a little something out of that today. Instead of a dating horror story, we're gonna do some sexual would you rather. Oh yeah, wait. Before we get into that, what? there's some things that I feel like we haven't. Um, address. We didn't address it in the beginning because as you guys know, this is our third time recording um, because of the shit that's happened in the last 24 hours, but it's okay. Um, we haven't really talked about some of the shows we've um, been watching, but I need to tell the world something. It's just honestly been on my heart and you know, we're always talking about things that, be, that are on your heart and you should just like let them go and what have you. I didn't realize that my bitch ass of a best friend right here has been lying to me for <laughs> our entire lives. Marissa does this thing where she does research about a lot of like shows or like say if it's like a show or a movie that we've all seen and we've quoted a lot or what have you. And she maybe gets shy to say that she maybe hasn't seen it. And then for years, she'll just go along and then one day just be like, hey, you guys, I have something to tell you. I, I actually yeah, never saw it. She did it with Shit's Creek last week. We thought she has seen Shit's Creek this whole time. <laughs> and she's like, no, you guys, I've just always kind of like laughed along with you guys. You guys have I never, never said. I, I mean, never she said. never said she did. She never said she didn't. But she just, you know. Oh, we just go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the one that's literally hurts my heart the most is Marissa has fooled me all these years that she has seen Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and she watched it for the first freaking time. Was it yesterday? So I finally watched it, um, half of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. <laughs> but basically, our whole friends love that. You know, they're always doing that dance movie. Me and Ramon, her. every time we drink and get together, Ramon and I will make everybody, we'll, we'll play Dirty Dancing, we'll play the scene where um, we're they're um, learning to dance and they play that song. Sylvia, yes, Mickey, how do you call your lover boy? Call me your lover boy. And we reenact like the crawling on the floor and everything. I mean, we've been doing this for years and Marissa laughs, she films it. She knows the words to the song because we played it so many times. I, just like, I told you guys this before and I'll tell you guys this again. I am a 13 year old. I like Zach and Cody. Sweet life of Zach and Cody. I like sister, sister. I like mock him in the middle. I am. It's hard for me to get on board. I like mighty ducks one, two and three. So I don't know if there's a show that I don't want to see. I just read the plot, read the summary, and then I just play along. Well, um, but how do you think of the first half? Are you, I really like it. I have, I think on Friday, I'm going to have to like watch it from the beginning because I was watching it and there was just a lot of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, um, folding laundry and doing dishes and I just like, didn't get it, but it is a lot of dancing. And it, my mom told me it came out like six days after I was born. Oh, and so, you know, there's that, um, it's iconic. It but, is an icon. If you guys, if you're out there and you haven't seen dirty dancing, I suggest you do. I'm so I'm honestly just jazzed to, to watch it. And my mom keeps telling me I need to watch karate kid. Have you seen it? I like the, I've, I is karate kid the, the not, same as the next karate kid ninjas. is, Okay, but three ninja, Rocky loves Emily. So Rocky loves that, Emily. Exactly. That's what I, my mom says, watch Karate Kid. I say, mom, watch three ninjas. No, Karate Kid is with, um. Rocky? Or no? No, no. Karate Kid is with the, the. Um, Emilio Estevez. Oh my God. 
I don't know. Well, I don't think anyways, I've seen it. so I personally, I I do um have been trying to expand my movie reach. I finished Your Honor on Showtime. This little, it's a limited series. The last episode was Sunday. It's our friend Sam, our um, and myself were like going crazy because the ending was kind of coconuts. And so if you have Showtime, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on like Apple TV too. Um, Your Honor is fantastic. And um, we are watching, what's that movie? I, well, I finished Firefly Fire, Lane. I finished oh, Firefly are. Lane and it was not what I expected at the end. I was honestly like bawling my eyes out um, before I ask, went to bed yesterday. Let me ask you this because I'm, I'm like, I think four or five episodes into Firefly Lane. It leaves who, you hanging. It leaves you, you hanging. Are you, um, what are their names again? Um, Catherine Heigl, Tolly, Tolly and Kate. I, so I've been, so Tolly is like, um, she's like in the movies and whatever, and like just hooking up with dudes and hasn't settled down. And then Kate is, um, married or I don't know, was married. She, yeah. She's a, a little more of like the quiet friend, a little more reserved, um, has a daughter, has a daughter and has so kind of like, kind of gave up her career to be a mother. Yeah. Those types of things. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just fun to watch because like we've told you guys before, Mal and I have been friends since we were like 14 years old, literally more than half our lives. We've been friends. We've seen each other through like all these chapters and Firefly Lane is like a coming to age film where it constantly goes back and forth of them as teenagers and them as adults. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess like this might be kind of, um, I don't know, like what? sappy or what's, I don't know what the word is, but, um, I feel nostalgic? like, no, not nostalgic, but I feel like the reason that I'm not sad about being single in my thirties is because I have such beautiful relationships around me that are so fulfilling. And to, I feel like some people have like three friends who they've met recently and to have friends that know you as a child is something I just get, I literally got chills thinking about that. And I don't know, that show just gives me all the feels of like, it reminds me of us. It reminds yeah, me of my when they're at school with, or yeah. like when they're like going to parties and exactly. like drinking or first starting to drive and all those things you're just, or like go even going over to each other's house, like after school uh -huh. when like your parents are like cooking dinner, it's like, okay, time to go home. And you're yeah. like, okay, and you feel like you're just never going to see your best friend again, but you'll see them next Exactly. Morning. It's like having, I feel that with you. I feel that with Carissa, like having those friends that kn have known you for your whole life is, is something that we don't realize how lucky we are. Yeah. Like, we really don't realize like to have a friend that's known you forever. So I don't know. It just makes that show just gives me all the feels. Yeah. So that's um, Firefly Lane. And then what was the other that you were saying? I haven't watched much because I was like busy this honor. weekend. Your Honor. Oh, Your Honor. Showtime. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Random. I know this is such an old movie, and I know that there's, like, everyone has their things to say about Michael Jackson, but my family <laughs> Of course, because, you know, there is a lot to say about him. We watched This Is It, like, which was, like, the documentary that came out about his last tour that he died oh. before the tour even started. Huh. Um, and that was really interesting. I mean, it came out years and years and years I ago. I think it came out in 2012. Finding Neverland with him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, they just sold no Neverland. To who? Um, I someone bought it, but randomly it like sold for pretty cheap. <laughs> we should have put an offer in. <laughs> That's when we should have called Kaylee. We're like, we listened to Kaylee's podcast and we bought Neverland. <laughs> we could put three percent down. We've pulled our money of our palm group chat. 
Um, we okay, from so our four hundred one k to put it on everyone. We were talking about doing a dating horror story, and unfortunately, our we need some listeners to mail in their dating horror stories because we were talking and we we're like, well, we have the classic. I mean, we have plenty of the classic, like periods, blood everywhere. We have classic, you know, the farting and the pooping and whatever, like all of the disgusting stories that happen to pretty much every female. Um, but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So I have some would you rathers that I was going to throw out at Mal to see what she says. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Let's go. First of all, would you rather have a one night stand with a stranger or a platonic best friend? Uh, one night stand with a stranger. I don't know. My platonic. After everything Decker's put you through. I don't know. A platonic, a platonic best friend could mean like a future or it's just a one night stand. So a one night stand is a one night stand is a one night stand. So yeah, I would do it with a stranger because I don't want to ruin my friendship with Sam Fowler. Okay. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Hands off. Okay. This one made me laugh and I mean, it should be an easy answer, but would you rather make out with somebody at a nightclub or make out with someone at a funeral? <laughs> Funerals, I guess. Um, you guys, I'm I'm very ashamed to say I've done both. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. I'd say nightclub. Yeah. I, funerals are sad, but that's also why we made out. So. Okay. Would you rather be financially satisfied or sexually satisfied? Oh, honey. <laughs> um, okay. Sexually satisfied. Would you rather have a hot, sexy quickie or an all-night escapade? An all-night escapade. <laughs> what? Who made these? Who um, wants to just have a quickie? Like, get it done. Get nudes or send nudes? <laughs> To be honest, send nudes. Okay. Um, I'm dying. Would you rather be naked or wear full coverage underwear? Full coverage underwear. Oh, be naked all day long? Like with no clothes forever? No. Or wear full underwear? I don't know, really, to be honest. I mean, whatever's going to cover some of my body parts. I'd say okay, full I'm underwear. Gonna, would you rather accidentally send a nude to a colleague or a parent? A colleague. <laughs> I don't like my job that much. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no, not a colleague. I'll get called HR again. <laughs> um, would you rather walk in on your parents having sex or have them walk in on you? Oh, my God. Well, walk in on me at this age for sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. Again, we don't know why Marissa's not answering these questions, but sometimes this is just how the cooking crumbles. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, I have this. Okay. Would you rather have sexed? So text sexing or Zoom sex? Text sexing. Car sex or shower sex? Car sex. <laughs> I've gotten cramps in the shower before. Wear edible paint or edible or undergarments? Edible paint. I don't know where, uh, yeah, edible paint. <laughs> if it was Miriam, she'd say something different. <laughs> Would you rather blindfold somebody or wear the blindfold? Wear the blindfold. Um, would you, Suddenly oh, these like, all just got very sexual. Would you rather your spouse date your best friend or your arch enemy? <gasps> My arch enemy, because then I just hate them both. Would you rather get spanked or do the spanking? get spanked would you rather never be able to wear sweatpants again or always have to wear sequins 
<laughs> Always have to wear sequins. Would you rather Instagram live every argument that you and I have or never use the internet again? Instagram live every <laughs> argument? Because <laughs> that would be some good fucking content. Would you rather spit or swallow? Swallow. <laughs> oh my God. Why did you ask me these questions? Oh my God, this is why am one. I answering right, these, I'm you dying, guys? I'm dying. Would you rather have your naughty search history published or never be able to watch a naughty movie again? See, I don't do either of those. Okay. I swear. What do I Google that's naughty? Okay. Would you rather never receive oral sex again or never smoke weed again? Never smoke weed again. <laughs> I know. I know your answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm me and my weed pen. Um, okay, well, these were pretty funny. Yeah, these were funny, guys. We just wanted to leave you guys on a silly note. Um, but as you know, um, getting on a more serious note, we thank everyone who's been donating to our sweet Timmy Kruger um, as he... Sorry, that's my watch. As he's been um, battling stomach cancer, uh, we're going to continue raising money for him. If you guys didn't listen to last week, last week's podcast, um, the Kruger family is a very dear friends of Mar and I and, and our families. And um, Tim is has been diagnosed with um, stage two stomach, stomach cancer. Um, we want to do everything we can to help support his family during this time to ease any type of, you know, medical bills or just groceries or what have you. So much like we were doing with our ALS fundraiser, we are doing this for the family. Um, you can go ahead and Venmo Marissa Norris to keep it consistent. Um, Marissa dash Norris at Venmo. Um, $1, $5, $10, a hundred. If you like listen to, le listening to us, if you enjoy our podcast, if you want to support us, um, support us by supporting the Kruger family. Yeah, we like to think that um, our episodes are kind of like Patreon episodes. It ain't free, guys. <laughs> and we are proud to be able to donate 100% of whatever we raise to these families in need. And it really is the least that we can do. And um, by the time this episode goes live, guys, I think that we would have hit 10,000 downloads. Yes. And the fact that we started this in early December. And so now it's been like, what, almost three months of making these episodes and just getting the feedback. And most of all, getting messages from women literally all around the world, literally India, Canada, the U.S. Uganda, Uganda you guys. Mexico, like, it's, France. It's insane. It's literally insane. And like hearing, I, I don't know, there's just something about like hearing these women from India. Uh, literally, we can see the statistics. We get the messages. Like just knowing that like even in fucking India, they're dealing with fuck boys and these annoying ass <laughs> questions. Like it don't matter where you live. We see you. We see you and we hear you we across do. the globe. Okay. So, um, wherever this podcast goes, however it reaches you, wherever you're listening, we're just so thankful for your support. And we promise to always try to deliver that authentic quality content to keep you, um, I don't know, alive. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week for another episode. And we have special guest Christine from Girl Collective. Um, we're kicking off the month of of March, which is Women's History Month with an empowering woman with an amazing story. And we can't wait for you guys to tune in. So have an amazing week. Oh, and it's my birthday on Monday. Monday, uh, February 22nd. Make sure to wish Mallory a happy so 33rd your girl birthday. is going to be 33 and thriving.
So. And apparently not smoking her weed pen and apparently getting that oral sex. I mean, never said. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.